HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. It's Tuesday, December 11th, 2012. It's almost Christmas, and we've got our Christmas gifts in the studio. We've got a surprise guest. Uh, we got Leo from Biro del Borgo in Italy, a good friend. It's, it's so great to see you. We've got Chris Schoenberger and Ross from Complex and First We Feast. They're going to talk to you about uh, some of the best lists of beer that they've put together. And a few other guests later today, including uh, Patrick Rue from the brewery, will be calling in. Um, and just give a shout out to our sponsor, greatbrewers.com. Thanks so much again for sponsoring us. Check out the Beer Cloud to learn more about a good beer and where to find it. All right, we've got a, a quick call in on, on air. Nico Kremitis, a uh, great Long Island beer writer, he wants to tell us about uh, some Sandy reliefs that, that some of the Long Island breweries have organized. Nico, how are you? Hey, what's up, Jimmy? How are you? Good, buddy. We've we, we got a tight show tonight, so, so tell us about the, uh, the Sandy relief. Uh, effort that you guys are behind. Uh, relief by uh, eight Long Island breweries and uh, Blue Point, Barrier, Blind Bat, Spider Bite, Poor Jeff, uh, Greenport, and Great South Bay. And uh, it's to raise money for Long Island Cares, which is a food bank on Long Island, and also um, for Barrier Brewing Company, who I know you're friends with, who, uh, you know, were uh, were hurt pretty badly by Hurricane Sandy, so we uh, we brewed a beer called Surge Protector on December fourth, and uh, we're going to donate everything to uh, Long Island Cares and Barrier. Well, that's really awesome, and, and uh, thanks so much for organizing that. Is there a link or anything else that that we can share with our listeners? Yeah, it's uh, SandyReliefBeer dot com, and you can also find us on Twitter uh, at SandyReliefBeer. We just released our first. Uh, video um on the project where me and uh matt Furman, uh, who's a photographer in new york we're basically documenting the whole project uh through photography so you can check that out at andyreliefbeer.com well thanks so much nico you're welcome to stay on the line if you'd like i'm going to give a little intro last week we had a show about contract brewing and um 
you know, we, we tried to share as many opinions as we could, those using contract brewing, those who are gypsy brewers, and, and, and the real guys that are actually making their own beer. And what's really special about the show tonight is first thinking of our friends like Barrier, who, who are real brewers with their own brewery. Um, you know, they're, they're fighting to reopen. But we've got um, Leo and from Biro del Borgo. Michael, give us a quick introduction, because Michael Opolensky from Be United. Tell us a little bit about Leo and the beers that we're drinking today. Um, well, um, Leo comes from the brewery Bira del Borgo. They are from um, the Lazio region in central Italy. Um, we've been importing them now since 2008, I believe. Yeah. Um, the brewery instead opened, uh, when did you guys open up? 2003? We opened in 2005. Okay. Yeah, we opened in 2005, and the brewery is just uh, not so far from Rome because we are one hour driving east of Rome in the mountains area, and uh, we opened the brewery like a... Like a passion, like an hobby, and uh, and then we started. So um, I know one of your most popular uh, beers in Italy is the Ray Ale, and uh, what we're drinking right now is the Ray Al Extra, which we do import into the United States. It's available usually in bottles. Uh, occasionally, you're bringing it on draft. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about this beer? Okay, yeah. We decided when we opened the brewery, we decided to brew like um, different beers in respect to what we were finding in Italy in that time, and so our main inspiration was about the craft american beers so we decided to make some experimentation with the use of a huge amount of hops but at the same time we decided also to go and to experiment with uh, an italian way of brewing so to make combination of italian ingredients uh, things and uh, also the wine techniques or the wine fusion from coming from the wine world that's well, that's a great little intro. We're going to talk more to you, and we also have Patrick Rue from the brewery coming on a little bit. But I also want to introduce Chris and Ross from Complex.com. Hey, you guys Jimmy. put together two hey, really Jimmy. great uh, beer lists this week. And tell us about that, because I know that Biro del Borgo was on one of them. Yes, Biro del Borgo was on uh, the list that Ross put together on Complex.com, which was called The 100 Beers to Try Before You Die. Um, I think there were even maybe multiple beers from him or was it just no, the real? It, it was just the real um that was the one that made the that cut. was a really great list i mean how, how did you guys get that crew together i mean you had br royer from shelton you got justin phillips from from beer table uh, you had some really great people uh, contributing yeah we had wendy uh wendy littlefield and a number of other people um it was it came out of a conversation that chris and i had had um I'd wanted to put together a list with that headline because it was just it was too good of a headline to pass up. So what is it again? One hundred beers to try before you die. And um, and I started talking to Chris about the logistics of putting it together. And and um, as I recall, he suggested that I reach out to a number of people and get picks rather than try and put it together ourselves, which would have just been too daunting and and it would have ended up skewing too much towards our own individual tastes. So we figured if we spread it out. Got some, got some expert opinions, people with different taste profiles. We could put together a really diverse list. I know, Nico, I know that three of the barrier beers were on that list. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, there were a number of the uh, barrier beers on there. The, uh, Bulkhead was on there. Um, I got the list in front of me right now. Bulkhead, Green Room, and Dune Grass, all three of those were there. Awesome. And Chris? And it's exciting to be here. You had your list, and now we're here with uh, Leo from Bearded del Borgo. Yeah, and so... We just lost Nico. It was really cool that Ross put out that list, and just for a really brief, brief background, Complex is a, a big website, and they have a magazine. And First We Feast is a new food site that's under the Complex Media banner um, that I'm doing. And so we did a more uh, sort of patriotic take on the same theme and did the best single beer from every state. 
And so for these to come out at basically the same time, first of all, gives you like 151 beers that you should be drinking um, as soon as possible. But the goal with the United States of Beer, as we called it, was to really give a representation of what's that one beer from every state that really speaks to the brewing heritage or style of that state. So like a place like Mississippi, I have no concept of. None of those beers make it out here. Those Bible Belt laws have kept them from really um, brewing a lot of interesting beers for a long time, but you've still got people who um, are on the cusp and starting to do interesting things with local ingredients like southern pecans, things like that. Then you've got your really robust states, which are the ones that got everyone fired up who read the list and and pissed off. Uh, You know, Michigan, California, Pennsylvania, where what what was your pick from Michigan? Tell us so Michigan what was the pick? We'll do a couple states. So Michigan was one of the most controversial ones for sure. It was Jolly Pumpkin La Roja. I know you're a Jolly Pumpkin fan. Yeah. Um but that's coming from a state where you also have a brewery like Founders uh you know Dark Horse, The Breakfast Stout, um things like that that really have these cultish followings. Um in California, I think it was Pliny the Elder. You know, so that in a state like California, I think you have to think about they've really been leading the charge for so long. So that was basically the foundational double IPA. So that's why we picked it for there. Um, but the people behind the list were Josh Bernstein, who's been on the show many times. He wrote Brood Awakening. He's kind of traveled the entire nation looking for great beers. Um, Chris O'Leary of Brew New York, York, who's got great knowledge of the Northeast and also kind of seems to travel exclusively in search of beer, as far as I can tell from his Instagram feed. Um, And then uh, a beer writer out of Atlanta called, who goes by Ale Sharpton, which is one of the better blogger names I've seen. Um, and he's got a blog called Cruisin' for a Bruisin'. So we tried to get people with real regional specialties, and you were never going to pick Okay, at- so who won from Georgia? Georgia. Chris, you're supposed to know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot in my head when I'm... It was, uh, well, it was Sweetwater, but it was from their Dang Tank series, which is kind of their exper- experimental brew series. Um, so their most recent one was the Gimp. They're kind of like... All over 10 ABV beers. This one's the barley wine. Um, but, you know, I think if this list had been done 10 years ago, it would have been a lot of IPAs. Uh, but looking at this, it's. I wish I had crunched the numbers on the styles, but it's a ton of saisons, a ton of beers that are under 6% ABV. It just kind of speaks to the fact that American brewing is incredibly diverse at the moment. Well, you guys have scooped everybody. It's the end of the year, and you're coming up with the best of lists. And uh, that time go, of year. we're going to go back to Beer Del Borgo. Um, like I said, last week we had a show about contract brewing, and, and it's so great to meet, be with someone who, who really is a brewer and has his own brewery. Um, so when you first got started, I know that you, you traveled a little bit. You wanted to learn other brewing you know, cultures, Belgium and Germany. Uh, what were some of your first uh, inspirations that, that made you want to brew? Okay. But imagine that uh, um, in Italy, 
brewing it's a pretty new tradition because, for example, we have a great tradition about the wine culture and the beer culture is pretty nothing. And so at the beginning, uh, uh, all the Italian all the Italian breweries, now imagine that there are more than 500 breweries, were just looking to the traditional North European culture. So about um, British beers, British ales, obviously, or German beers or Belgian beers. And so it's like our first idea, for example, was just to make an infusion between, between these kind of styles. So much of our big inspiration was from the British ales and the Belgian beers. But after that, I can say that now also in Italy, but was open to us, but also to other breweries. There is new, new, interesting culture because we are trying to just put the Italian way of brewing. So, for example, we have a lot of things going to around uh, the wine world or the use of special typical Italian ingredients so, or to use a very, very uh, different way of fermentation of the beer. So that's, that's pretty nice because you can give a great diversity using many different ingredients and using a lot of different yeast, local yeast from Italy that can give a special character to the beer. That's, that's really interesting. And uh, Ross, I know this was on the list of uh, the 100 beers to drink before you die, the beer de Borgo Real. What yeah. do you think about this beer? I think it's fantastic. Um, this, this, is, um, this was a beer that I think you had suggested I included because I, I actually hadn't tried it yet. This is my first time trying it. Um, and it's fantastic. I, I like how uh, light it is, but it's still flavorful. It's not, the alcohol is not overpowering. Um, it's great. Well, and you know, in this little community of Be United Imports, um, you know, Justin Phillips of, of Beer Table, he, he's really on a high pedestal in New York. He he seems to be functioning as, as if he's a wine sommelier and not your typical pub owner. And I know he was one of your experts. And and Michael yeah. at Be United, tell us what it's like working working with uh, uh, Justin and, and Beer Table because he's just got such impeccable taste in beer. And seems to have many of your beers on his list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was actually an ex-employee of ours after uh, he opened Beer Table after working for Beer United. Um, he's great with working with them. He's always open to trying new stuff. Um, has a really great palate. Um, the Beer Table in general is a really awesome account. Um, what he does with um, pairing beers with foods and just how he's designed his beer menu, I think, is really unique and, and well done. That's great. H- have you been there? Yeah, I've been there really? s- several times, yes. Yeah, and what are some things that you've done? Does he just feature some of your beers? Have you done any tastings there? Yeah, we made a tasting about thing three years ago, if I remember well, and uh, it was pretty nice because you find that uh, there is a great people where can understand how to pair the beer and also to explain also the uh, different beers, for example, Italian beers or uh, uh, also Belgian or UK traditional beers. So very, very interesting place where to go. That's great. Let's open one more beer before the sure. break. What, what's the next beer? Um, the next one we're going to try is the Mai Antonia. It's actually a collaboration between um, the Del Borgo Brewery and the uh, Dogfish Head Brewery in Delaware. And where did you make it, Leo? Yes. Um, in Delaware? That's nice. No, we made that in Italy the first time, and it uh, was nice because we have a great friendship with Sam from Dogfish, and um, he came in uh, Italy four years ago for the Salone del Gusto in Turin, and uh, I decided, just joking in mail, and I said, uh, why don't you when we make a beer together he said yes but we had a problem with his wife because with Mariah because they were just for a holiday so it was a, a little bit of treating on it but uh, we enjoyed and we made this kind of uh, different pilsner because we decided to 
make a um, traditional pilsner, but higher in alcohol, so 7.5 in alcohol, and uh, we use the hop continuously, like Sam does, uh, does normally, and uh, we used three different uh, hops. There were just one European hop and two American hops, and then was dry hopped as well with uh, a blend of uh, Bohemian hop and Sats, obviously, and water. So that's that's pretty nice, and uh, and so we, we brewed that beer uh, mainly for the... Um, for Europe and Sam is brewing for mainly for the United States, so that's nice. Well, this is great. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes, and Patrick Rue from the brewery is going to join us on Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Favorite Flower by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. If you're not a member yet, go to heritageradionetwork.org and join up. I'm a member. I think I'm member 551. I think it really means I'm member one or two. Uh, I joined up right away, and I'm really proud to be part of the Heritage Radio Network. Um, there's so many great shows. Ann Saxby had a baby. Patrick Warren's and Ann Saxby. Congratulations. Um, you know, t- it seems like two show hosts uh, got married. Patrick Martins and Ann Saxby. Now they have a beautiful little boy, Max. All right. So here we are on a out here in Roberta's. It's, it's an amazing group here. I can't even think of the talent in this room. I got Leo from Bierda del Borgo, you know, Michael from Be United, Chris and Ross from Complex.com, and Tony Forder just walked in from Ale Street News. Hi, folks. It was a bit of a commute from uh, the other side of the river there. Yeah, you did. Well, we're gonna, well first, we're gonna talk, we've got a calling guest, uh, Patrick Rue from the brewery. Patrick, how are you? Can Doing you? great. How about you? Great. We got a special room. Uh, Leo from Birra del Borgo, a, a great little Italian uh, brewery, is here, and a couple of journalists, Tony Forder from Ale Street News, and Chris Schoenberger and and Ross from Complex dot com. So, how you doing, man? You've got a very special operation out there. Uh, we've been talking about how you know so many people are talking about contract brewing, but we really want to bring it back to you know small brewers who are really hands on like you are. Um, I know that you, you're you're doing a lot of sour beers. You've been inspired. Uh, you had a great list of inspiration that I read: uh, Russian River, Cast, you know, Cantillon, Rodenbach, 
New Belgium and uh, Cascade. Um, how did you guys get started? What was your, what was your, the first time you brewed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just want to mention I have uh, Tyler King here as well. He's our uh, director of brewing operations genius around here. Um, so we started up four and a half years ago in uh, Orange County, California. We uh, I started off as a home brewer doing it in law school. And uh, once I graduated, I, I didn't know uh, what to do. I wasn't a very good law student, so I'd be a really bad player. And decided to uh, cut my losses and uh, put a bunch of money into a brewery and hopefully not lose my service. All right. Well, you know, you, you seem to always favor uh, sour beers. You guys are wild, I can hardly hear you. And, um, you know, things like that. I don't know if you can hear me, but we're going to talk a little bit. What's Batch 1000? I know you do a lot of homebrew competitions, and, and, and you work really actively with that community. What's the Batch 1000 competition? Um, so we've, uh, we're strong supporters of homebrewing. And, uh, you know, from our first batch of beer was, uh, was actually done by a homebrew contest that we had. Uh, basically because we, you know, if we were going to screw up on a batch of beer, we wanted it to be somebody else's beer, not ours. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> batch 1000, we, we keep that tradition going uh, for our 1000th batch, which, you know, is a pretty big milestone for us. We are going to have a homebrew contest. We expect uh, several hundred entries um, and kind of keep it the categories that we of uh, styles of beer that we would actually make ourselves. Um, so kind of the stronger, uh, um, you know, Belgian-style uh, imperial stouts, um, things that are connected into what we do. But it, it, are you guys usually, can you hear me? Do you usually steer towards doing sour beers? You know, I don't think I can hear Tyler at all, so. Um, connections not that good. I'm here. You're awesome, Tyler. All right. Well, I think I think we're gonna have to just keep talking. Um, well, anyways, let's we'll keep talking about what we're doing. Uh, I know you guys do have a wood cellar, man, and, and there's some tie-ins here. Leo, um, I don't know if you can imagine this brewery. It's out in Orange County, California. Um, they have a, a dedicated wood cellar, man. They're, they're doing sour beers a lot. Uh, do you do anything like that with sour beers? Yeah, we're making uh, now different sour beers, and um, one of them is uh, it's nice because it's a blend between the um, uh, lambic from Cantillon and the one hour Duquesa. It's called Duquesic. It's just really, really interesting because you have the uh, character of the lambic, and at the same time also the gentle nose coming from our saison uh, spelled beer. So that, that's nice. And we use now also a lot of different containers, different fermenting. So for example, we use big barrel, big 38 liters barrel in wood. And uh, we use the barrique for uh, French barrique from the wine, and we use also terracotta for us. For example, one of our beer we have together, it's just another collaboration with Sam and their Italian uh, microbrewery, it's uh, uh, Baladen, and uh, we made this kind of uh, uh, ancient beverage, was fermented, uh, we fermented inside the terracotta amphoras. So that's nice because terracotta amphora is normally used now uh, in wines, and it's very, very old kind of vessel, but at the same time gives special character to the beer, give a lot of sourness character, a lot of uh, 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 great oxidation. I mean, great oxidation because uh, the exchange of oxygen inside the terracotta, it's, it's something really, really incredible. And uh, at the same time, we have also uh, some fermentation coming from wild yeast. So obviously, we have a very, very interesting character on it. Great. Patrick, can you hear us? <coughs> I can hear you well. Yep. Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I mean, I hope that you guys can meet one day. Are, are you familiar with the Italian craft beer scene? 
No, I couldn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, you know, when I was back on a landline, what do you think? All right. Um, we'll just keep talking. Okay. Um, I hope that you guys can, can meet one day because I don't know if there's been any collaborations between Italian brewers and, and California brewers, uh, but it, it's definitely the essence of the spirit. Um, all right. Let's just give a cheers because this, this is such good beer that we're drinking. We're drinking uh, Leo's Beer del Borgo. And um, thanks for calling in, Patrick. Thanks so much. All right. So, uh, Tony, you came back from Salon de Gusto. Yes, I was out there for the Slow Food Festival, uh, my first time at the uh, at the event, and uh, it is quite an eye opener uh, in terms of all the. Um, well, you can read about it um, in L Street News, uh, the, the recent issue, but uh, the availability of pretty much anything you can put into your stomach in terms of food, beverage, um, you know, from wine, beer. There were um, approximately fifty Italian brewers there this year. The Americans have participated in the past, but there were just um, a couple. Charlie Papagian, the president of the Brewers Association, was there giving some lectures, and Sam Colicioni from uh, Dogfish Head. Um, so what do you think of the Italian craft beer scene? Well, um, I was in Italy, I think it was about four or five years ago, and it's just, I mean, it's just mushroomed. It's, it's just gone into a whole another gear. I believe, I'm told, there's over 500 microbreweries in Italy now, so... Um, you know, it really is, and, and the area where, um, you know, Leo's from down near Rome, I guess, right? But um, the area of Piedmont, where the, um, the Salone del Gosto was held in uh, Torino, um, is pretty fertile area for breweries these days, in addition to the wineries that are there. Well, Leo, last time I met you in the spring, you were with a friend, um, Moreno? Yes, yeah, now, is, he, is he part of a, a different brewery? Yes, it's Moreno is from Lolmaya. Lolmaya is a very nice brewery. This is set in Tuscany, uh, near Montepulciano, another uh, wine area, important wine area in Italy. And he uh, makes very, very interesting beers. They are mainly, mainly fond on the tradition of uh, making uh, with different cereals coming from the area. At the same time, so also he makes also fermentation with some kind of uh, yeast in the area. So that's the, the, the it. Was a very cool character. day, very much like today. It was in the spring. I think Michael brought you. It was Leo and Marino, these two Italian brewers out of the blue. And that night we had a dinner with with uh, Stefan from Mars. And one night, I think, or was it the, the Nong Nio guys, maybe? Yes. And one night, I think we had four brewers from four different countries in one room, and it was pretty amazing. So I feel like we're, we're friends for life. And now you get to meet Chris, Chris and Ross, because these guys are really making a difference in beer. I mean, you guys are doing these amazing lists. And I'm just so impressed that Beer Del Borgo turned up on your list. And I'm trying to make a conversation here. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We don't do anything. We just drink the beers and try to tell people about them. These are the guys who make interesting stuff. But kind of the goal with, you know, making lists, it's like you can't say what's the best. It's kind of an absurd proposition, but just to create context. So someone who might be familiar with some beers that have made it east from California or vice versa now can look at a, that there's interesting beers being made in Alabama and Minnesota and everywhere and it's just an easy entry point and a way to contextualize the styles of American beers that are becoming popular and, and seeing how the landscape has shifted. But um, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about the culture of drinking beer in Italy. And, you, you know, I think here, especially in New York City, a lot of it is built around places like Jimmy's Spot. You know, they call themselves beer bars, and the people who go there kind of often know what they're looking for. It's getting, it's expanding beyond that, especially as the local 
food and drink movement gets more and more popular, like you can go to your local corner bar that's not even a great bar, it's a bit of a dive, but they might have five local beers. Uh, but the the scene, I would say, centers around these bars that are very focused on on people finding good beer. Is that the case in Italy? Is it built around food or is it built around okay. restaurants? Okay, in, in Italy, I think you have a both of them. I mean, uh, for example, you have a lot of now, uh, especially for example in uh, in the big cities. I mean, Rome, Milan. You have a lot of beer bars that are medical focused on beers. But I can say that uh, uh, it's important for the Italian to uh, uh, drink, but also to eat food. So Tony saw that in Salon Gusto you have a lot of food and a lot of food pairing. I think it's an important thing because uh, um, uh, the Italian gastronomy and also the Italian way of cooking is uh, mainly mainly focused on pairing with wine and pairing with beer. It's like very new new stuff but at the same time it's very incredible what you can do and that's that's important for the emerging of the beer culture in Italy so imagine that about I think seven years ago ten years ago there was like uh, nothing to find it was very very difficult to find craft beers in Italy and uh, now if you go to the main restaurants to the also uh, star, uh, Michelin star restaurants for example you can find also you can pair also the food with great Italian beers so that's that's really important but also in the, in the normal places you can just share with the craft Italian beers and also other beers Michael what's the last beer you just poured for us? Um, could I pipe in in this discussion before we talk about this last beer? I think um, the note that uh, Leo made is also very important if we take a step back and look at the breweries in general. So if you consider that um, Italian culture in general um, is thinking about uh, the food that they're making and how it pairs with wine, the brewer's approach um, is um, similar, trying to brew beers that bring um, good elements and match well with different foods. So you have this new creative angle to brewing, which I think has led to a lot of, um, of different styles of beers coming from Italy. I mean, what's coming out of there is what I think one of the most uh, exciting beer movements um, that's going on in the world today, for sure. And Tony, you want to read something uh, from Salon de Gusto? Uh, yeah, this was just a quote from uh, Charlie Pepez, as a matter of fact. Um, or, or what I was thinking, what was interesting being, being out there was... Um, that um, how the slow food movement and the craft beer movement have really kind of evolved along similar lines. They've both become very global phenomena. We're talking about, you know, across the U.S. where, um, you know, uh, brewers in all different states are, uh, you know, making, you know, just incredible beer now. But it's really become a global movement as we've seen in Italy and, you know, in Asia, South America, um, other parts of Europe. Um, but, uh, yeah. Mr. Pazian, he kind of gave the Italian brewers for the credit to the first to embrace uh, the innovation of American brewers. And they said, but they took American, Belgian, German influence and created their own. I call them the poets of beer. Beautiful. All right. Hey, we're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Poets of beer. You're listening to Sweet Talk by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. 
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're at Roberta's in Bushwick. Come check it out. It's more than pizza. In fact, there's like a two-star restaurant called Bianca in the backyard here. So we're having a great time. I'm, I'm going to hang out tonight with at least six guys from Italy. I'll carry Beer Del Borgo, two guys from Complex, Ale Street News, Private Tap, Chris Sachs just walked in, and uh, Michael Opelensky from Be United. Michael, you're, sure. you're the real story, dude. I mean, you're an American guy. You went to school in Italy, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was, uh, I was there for three and a half years. That's really how I started discovering beer in general. My background in beer really started in Italy, a funny place for it to, to begin, but um, through Italy, then I got connected with Be United, and I've been working for the importer ever since. Well, it's great. You get to hang out with cool guys. And, and Leo, what I love about you, man, is that you're so down to earth, but but you're a star. I mean, you, you, you're the brewer behind Birreria, the Italy's. Yes, um, you know, brewery in, in New York. I mean, that's pretty huge. Yes, there is a, we made different things with uh, with our friendship, and so, so with San Calagione from Dogfish and Frontel from Le Baladen. It's another Italian brewery. We made different projects in collaboration. One is a beer here. Beer here is just this place. It's a rooftop brewery. This is just in uh, Manhattan, and it's very nice because we try to make an infusion from the different cultures in brewing. I mean, the Italian culture, the uh, or our philosophy in beer of the Borgo and the Baladin philosophy. And we try to make it just this kind of beer. And that's nice because uh, next Friday we are going to brew a crazy beer that we are just using the yeast uh, taken from the wasp uh, from an Italian researcher that make a great interesting research on it on the evolution of the yeast. And they found that the wasp and the harnet were just the uh, really freighter of uh, ancient yeast. And so they isolated this yeast inside the wasp and the harnet and the we are using that for making this beer next Friday. Sounds like you're making bees. I'm like, <laughs> yeast inside the hornet. <laughs> that's why you need Michael, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, you, and your friend Luciani is your communications director. I just want to just say hello on the air. Hello, everybody. You don't speak too much English, do you? Yes, I do. I oh, you do? I'm following you. Oh, very good. Okay. Maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so, Tony, the, the quick wrap-up, Salon de Gusto. Tell us a couple more things about Yale Street News. You got your, your trip to Belgium coming up? Uh, yeah, we're busy planning our, our trip. Um, um, it, uh, the details are on our website, Um We already have a, a number of people signed up, a lot of repeat people. We have new people as well. We're going to be touring in the northeastern, northwestern part of Belgium, primarily Flanders area, Bruges, Brussels. And we're going to what is a new festival for us. It's the uh, Tournée Beer Festival. And we're going, instead of the beginning of March, we're going at the end of March. So we actually leave on St. Patrick's Day so and return on the 24th of March. All right. And um, Chris Saxman, your your private tap, your your very interesting website about beer. Tell us a little bit about Private Tap. Well, sure. Private Tap uh, was inspired by um, my friends and I who realized that the craft beer revolution that's spreading across the country um, was really based on the strength of local communities and the people like we have here in this room and, and throughout New York that are making great beer um, and are, are want to get close to the people that drink that beer and, and then the people that serve it. And, and that those three components, the, the people who make the beer, the people that the bar owners and, and purveyors who serve it, sell it and serve it, and those of us who all enjoy it, are really one big community. And, and we wanted to uh, build a website devoted to local communities uh, based around 
craft beer. Uh, we've started here in New York. We've got a great following. Um, Jimmy's been a great friend. In fact, you can see Jimmy's, uh, he's our newest writer, newest contributor for, at Private Tap with his, uh, we're calling it Cooking with Jimmy, because uh, as well as being one of the great uh, beer connoisseurs, Jimmy really knows his food. He knows how to cook his food. <laughs> and uh, we won't, uh, no, fortunately, this is, fortunately, this is radio. Uh, <laughs> we're all sitting there naked with our shirts off. Yeah. Well, it's because we just traded shirts. So, like last weekend, My- Michael brought uh, Jerome Rabatez from BFM was at Jimmy's, and we traded shirts. And and now I got the Beer del Borgo shirt. So we have taken off our shirts, and it's like a soccer game. You know, you get, when Italy comes to America, we trade shirts. So this is a. I, I have to say, listeners, you know what the show's like. Well, we've had one, two, three, four, five. So we've got like nine people in the room, and there's there's four Italian guys waiting outside to come in, and they're all they're all waiting to have dinner. <laughs> so we're going to have the best dinner tonight, and, and if you're out at Roberta's, I would say join us. Um, it's been a great so- show so far. I want, I want to kind of hanker in on something. Um, you know, we, Again, I'm bringing the same point up. Last week we talked about contract brewing, and it's so good. Earlier we talked to uh, Patrick Rue from the brewery, and, uh, and then we've got Leo here from Bureau del Borgo, b- both of whom own their breweries and, and, and are, are doing it hands-on and experimenting. And Chris, I know you wanted to talk about the business of, of, of craft beer. What do you think about the difference between craft, you know, contract brewing and you know, small, small brewers? Well, I, I think the, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, what I, as, as, a, as a connoisseur of beer and somebody who's, who's sort of explored the scene, what I find most appealing is the the art that goes into the beer kind of regardless of where or how it's made it's the people behind the beer that um are really driving the the business end of this if you will because uh, and that's one of the things we found is that this is at the end of the day artisanal business one driven by passion and, and people who really enjoy what they're doing and they want to get uh in front of the people that that enjoy this, so it's it's really as much of an art form as anything. So the fact you know there are clearly are people who 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 uh, build good breweries, but what I think is interesting is those those artists, if you will, if you call them that, who then utilize those. Well, I'll tell you when I have to pick a beer to sell at Jimmy's number forty three, and when we're looking at good beer seal bars, you know it's it's definitely like who's making the beer. If someone's actually making that beer, and we can meet the brewer or, or they can deliver it themselves, I'm going to choose them o- over someone else. Right. And I, that's what I feel like the heart of the Italian craft beer movement is that you yeah. guys are kind of like a mix of chefs and scientists, aren't you? You're, yeah, you're yeah. That, that's nice because it's, uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 I think a brewing it's like to be a chef. You can combine whatever you want and you can create really, really very very interesting stuff. And that, that is, this is very important. I'm not so sure that contra brewers can do the same because uh, it's the, the difference in having the brewery It's just that one. Because you can you can really brew and you can really stays on the on the on the beer and on the combination of all ingredients and all things around. So that's that's the, the great. Thing. Michael, what's what's this last beer that you pour? Because I'm really I've had many of Bureau del Borgo beers right. same as I've had many of the brewery beers and there's with these so many great small craft breweries every beer can be so different and that's what I love about it it's it's so much variety I, I can have a good night where I start with a Pilsner and go to an IPA and at the end of the night I want something really interesting and, and, and more complex sure sure well the beer that we uh, just the, the third beer in the, in the line was uh, called the Etrusca it's um, a collaboration between the Birra del Borgo in, um, in Lazio, also um, Birra Baladen. Um, they're from the Piedmont region in Italy, and then the Dogfish Brewery in, uh, in Delaware. 
Um, the history behind this beer is quite complex. In fact, I think I have to leave it to Leonardo to explain exactly the ingredient list and how they came up with the recipe. Um, but uh, the idea was they all brewed the same recipe, each fermented um, the, the beer in different fermentation vessels. And then the final product is really how the fermentation uh, continued in those vessels. Do you want to give us the list of ingredients? Yes. <clears throat> we made this collaboration beer, and uh, we had also the help from the molecular archaeologist Dr. Patrick McGovern from Philadelphia. And uh, we are just looking to the ancient fermented beverage in the Truscan times in the Italy. And so we discovered that there were some uh, many different kind of uh, <coughs> A fermentation fermented beverage made by honey, pomegranates, raisin, and uh, uh, different cereals, and uh, and also the use of also tree raisin inside. And so we try to remix all these ingredients, and we try to remake all this beer. And the difference, the, the, the recipe is the same from all the three different breweries, and uh, we fermented in terracotta amphoras, baladem fermented in uh, uh, wooden barrel, and uh, dogfish fermented in bronze vessel. So the difference is pretty interesting because we use also the same yeast, the yeast is provided from the same guy from the wasp yeast, but it's uh, it's an Italian researcher and this find this kind of yeast is pretty ancient. It's considered like uh, the yeast itself. It's not ancient, but it's considered could be considered like very very ancient yeast in Italy and typical from the area of the uh, the Etruscan area. So why that call we call that uh, Etrusca? And that's nice because the difference between the three different beers from the three different breweries it's very very interesting because for example in the bronze you have a much more the uh, uh, sweet character from the honey and a little bit of sourness coming from the use of the pomegranates and also the use of the yeast. And for example in our beer you have a lot of sourness coming from the oxidation and the, also a lot of minerality notes, salty notes coming from the use of terracotta, and Baladen, you have uh, the influence of the wood that gives a special character too. So that's really interesting. I make the same beer with the same recipe, but three different containers can do really three different things. It's amazing. Um, this one's going to be coming out in the U.S. in probably around March. Um, it's, we're working on the import approvals now, um, along with the Baladen version, so hopefully we can taste them in the market soon. And the very last beer that we just poured from Del Borgo is the 25 Dodici. This is their winter special or their Christmas beer, if you will. Um, the style here would be like a Belgian dark ale yes. um, brewed with uh, bitter orange peel. Very light and refreshing for a 9% beer. Um, it actually drinks pretty light for the ABV. So, Leo, you, you brought, unfortunately, some of your guys are outside, not in here. So, the guys that you brought, who are they? Tell us their names and what do they do? Yes, they, um, there is uh, uh, Paolo and Alfredo that cares about all the sales, and uh, there is Marco, it's our uh, graphic designer on the labels. And, uh, and, there is, uh, and who, just, makes, who makes the beer? Who makes the beer? Andrea is making the beer in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to trial. Chris and, and Ross, any questions you want, you want to ask? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of us here probably encountered Italian beer through Italy, and so the collaboration was a good idea. I think it's in introducing a lot of people to Italian beer, um, and you know. But I don't like to stereotype it. I get the sense from some of your beers um, and the you know the other ballad and stuff that I've had at Italy that there's this subtlety, and it makes sense when you talk about um, drinking these beers with food. Uh, there are more, you know. It's not about being a hot bomb, obviously. And I've used a lot of your beers to kind of try to convert my girlfriend into a beer drinker and other <laughs> friends of mine who say, you know, I don't like beer, I don't like hops. Um, and they do have something else going on 
you know, it's not always the same thing, but it's definitely their subtlety or their sourness or spicing or things like that. Um, but like, but like any scene, is it evolving? Are people getting into hops? Do you see that being on the horizon? I know it's not a hop growing country, but do you see that becoming something that is more popular? Yes. Are, are American beers popular in yes. Italy? American beers are pretty popular, like the concept of the American beers. I think this is very, pretty important because it's not easy to find American beers in, mainly in Europe, except, I think, four or five different breweries. And uh, But uh, it's pretty easy to understand that uh, uh, the, the way of the American beer. So, for example, beer lovers in Italy can recognize the difference. If you talk about the Belgian beers, they can understand what, what to do, and the same also for the American beers. So that's pretty interesting. I think uh, uh, um, one important key is the uh, I think the collaboration. I know that now it's pretty trendy between brewers, but I think it's a very, very interesting and useful way to, uh, inf- to fuse the different cultures. So, for example, I know that Sam, when he's coming in Italy and he finds what's happening in Italy, he said that there are many, many interesting things coming. And, uh, and if, if, if it's like if you bring some of the, the culture that of a place and uh, and you can just combine with that and that's that's pretty interesting and that's also it then it, it does also help about the culture of the beer of the brewery i mean for example so we have a lot of culture about american beers in italy but i think uh, uh, italian beers are not so popular but we try to just also with the collaboration to give it have you guys ever disagreed about uh the direction <laughs> of a beer or just you know well, you had an okay. idea and you had an idea and you, yeah but i think it wasn't uh, gonna happen yeah, I, I don't know about it. many th- many people talks about that, but I think uh, the, the the most important thing is to talk about the beer and the the good beer. So that's the, the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, hey Tony, yeah. just to jump in here uh, from uh, Sol- Solanito Costa, I did see a number of obviously uh, American inspired beers um, such as uh, double IPAs, um, Imperial Stouts, which you could say those are British inspired, um, even some fresh hop uh, beer, and then the Belladon Brewery, I believe um, they're making a beer um, that they want to source all the ingredients from Italy. And hops are hard to find, but they were doing a hop project with, I believe, the university uh, in Torino uh, for hop growing in, in Italy. So, All right. And Chris Saxman, uh, anything you want to say before we sign out? Well, yeah, actually, um, from what I've, what I've heard, the Italian brewing scene, um, and I'd be interested in your perspective, is is different than what you find in other European countries because it's it's becoming creative, it's 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 burgeoning, it's not sort of tradition based as as evidenced by some of these collaborations and elsewhere. Uh, could you just comment a little bit on how you see the Italian brewing scene as it is today versus other European countries and why you think that has, has developed? I think, I think the, the most interesting stuff it's uh, just when, uh, for example, Belgian breweries. Belgian brewers or German brewers approach to the Italian beers because they think that uh, it's a sort of uh, not to say exactly in English but it's uh, like an inferiority complex Mm -hmm. about the Italian brewers between the traditional German and Belgian breweries but uh, when they approach it I think 10 years ago was just to say what are they doing there it's stupid things but now they're just looking to us because we're saying oh interesting what what, what this kind of new stuff and it's pretty interesting because for example you have many different breweries in Italy, and uh, the the and uh, no, there there as Tony said, there are many breweries that are really really inspired by the American beers, but there are many many breweries that go on own style, totally on style. So, for example, uh, much uh, when I say before the use of the combining the wine techniques, for example, the wine mass is pretty common to 
be used or ingredients like chestnut or ingredients like special kind of cereals. But the use of the ingredients doesn't make, for example, like the IPA, all uh, quite similar beer, but just go to a different diversity. And I think that's the, the, the most important stuff. So, and uh, it's another important thing. It's, uh, uh, there are many Italian breweries now that are just trying to use also wild fermentation. But wild fermentation is not, all, not so always... Um, looking to, for example, lambic, so really very sour. But mm-hmm. also the use of uh, mixed fermentation some with some wild yeast gives a special character because, mm-hmm. for example, you have a lot of uh, interesting microflora in Italy. And if you go to the, for example, uh, natural cheeses, organic cheeses, you have a lot of incredible things there. And yeah. so that's another part that, that will be very, very interesting about the Italian movement. And then also to pipe in on the same question that you just asked, um, I think one of the important things to consider is when you look at the, most of the other beer cultures in Europe, um, England, Germany, Belgium, um, obviously Czech uh, Republic, um, you have these cultures like Leo said where there's a strong beer tradition there. So for a brewer to go out of that tradition, um, I mean in Germany it's very rare that it happens. They have such like strict rules and a tight box. So for a brewer to do that, it's almost looking outside the box. For a Belgian brewer to start brewing a Belgian IPA, he or she is looking out or brewing outside of the box. Or like a brewery like Thornbridge, for instance, is a little outside of the box in English brewing just for a little bit of American style. But like in Italy, there is no real box. Uh, it's sort of an open slate. They have the because there's no strong tradition there, some people more pulling from English, some people more from Belgium, some people no traditions at all, and like Leo said, trying out totally new and creative things. So having such a clean slate just mm-hmm. leads to an incredible diversity among the breweries and the beers that are coming out of there. And do you think that Italy is sort of leading the pack in Europe in this respect, or there are some other countries that don't have a box, per se, that are also innovating? I mean, I have not traveled too much in spain but rumor has it that in spain it's starting to pipe up they're in the very young years while italy has been more or less uh having a microbrewery revolution since 96 um well, french france as well right right but in, in scandinavia you see more of a tradition more of an american style beers coming from scandinavia and there's also a little bit of history there too but i'm Exactly why they've catered more to American styles culturally, I'm not really sure. I think we're going to have to make this show two hours. <laughs> There's so much talent in this room. That this is What I love about doing this show is how cool it is. And it's kind of like we have extra guests and who shows up, and we've got these great journalists here. we got Private Tap. Ale Street News, Tony Ford, are probably the dean of uh, East Coast American Beer magazines. You know, you've got 25 well, thank years you, now. Right? Thank you, Jimmy. Very, uh, very kind of you. No, we just uh, going into that. 21st year, actually, so we're going to be legal this year. And you got cart- you got your special cartons, right? you got your own little Yeah, we company. partnered up with uh, Luke Dolby from the UK and a new kind of uh, take, take-home device, which uh, his father's been selling these to pubs in England for quite some time. Um, but he found that the, that version didn't really work over there, so uh, this, the cra- uh, Crafty Carton has been completely retooled. It's going to be re- re- So it's uh, like a, mil- a milk carton that you can fill up as a growler. Yes, it's a, a, a two-point take-home device alternative to a growler. If you well, i got a great idea. I bet the guys at, at, at Complex, Chris and Ross, and First We Feast are going to come up with some kind of challenge to get people to, to get your Crafty Carton and fill it up with beer and have some fun. Right, Chris? Yeah. And Why not? do something crazy. And take Sounds a, good. Take and you guys are doing it. such cool <laughs> yeah. stuff. You came up with the two coolest lists ever in beer. And just tell us again what they are and, and, and your sites. Thank you. So uh, it's First We Feast, and it's called the United States of Beer. And what we did was took on the task of picking the one beer from every state plus Washington, D.C. that you really need to try right now. 
Yeah, and over at uh, Complex.com City Guide section, we had the 100 beers to try before you die, and we reached out to a number of restaurant bar owners across New York for their picks, as well as some of our own, um, and just put together a list to start you out. And it's great. And, and you guys keep, you seem like you're doing beer lists every week. You guys are awesome. Everyone in this room is awesome. Uh, Luciana, I want you to say, you're the communications director for Biro del Borgo in Lazio. What do you have to say about your brewery? No, I, I just wanted to go back to Etrusca if you allow me. And I wanted to point out that uh, I was the person who had to deal with Italian archaeologists. And uh, I had to ask them about uh, information, you know, about uh, ingredients or ask, asking permission to go visiting the places. And uh, it was really hard to let them understand what we wanted to do. And they didn't believe me at all when I told them that I was working for a brewery. So they, they thought that we are crazy. <laughs> Struggle. All right. Well, hey, we're going to do a sign-off here. Uh, we've got next week, we'll be airing a pre-recorded episode. Uh, Tony McGee, the founder of Lagunitas Brewing, will be on our Christmas show next week, December 18th. Please check it out. And uh, support uh, Long Island Brewers involved in the Sandy Relief. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be talking about that as well. And uh, Josh Bernstein, our good friend, has launched a new app, Craft Beer New York. So there's a lot He's of things busy, going on. busy guy. He's very busy. A lot of things going on. Check out goodbrazil.com to learn more. And, and we've launched tickets. Uh, the New York City uh, Beer Week, which is the what was New York Craft Beer Week, is happening in February. And our tickets, uh, New York City Brewers Choice, Dave Broderick and I, Dave's out there curating uh, some of the top brewers in America. And they'll be at City Winery February 27th. You can get tickets at goodbrewseal.com. All right. I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com have helped bring this podcast to you tonight. You can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our, our Twitter is cool. It's at beer underscore sessions. But... Uh, we're having some fun with that tonight. Thanks to Tony, Chris. I'm going to say the names. Some of you are here and some of you won't. It's Tony, Chris, Ross, Chris, Leonardo, Luciano, Michael, Nico, Tyler, and Patrick for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee and Brie O'Connor, and especially our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.